Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Couch Strategist with me, Liam. And welcome to week two of the podcast, as well as week two after the summer break. Um, it feels like just yesterday that we had the Dutch Grand Prix and we were doing our first review episode, but we have a double header. Two weeks in a row, we've shifted over, I think, to the last European race now, the circuit, until we move over to the Americas and into Asia for the rest of the season. Um, but we're in Italy this weekend. We're at Monza. Uh, we're at the Temple of Speed. Um, I'm looking forward to the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. As ever, it's Friday afternoon, and we've just finished FP1 and FP2, and we've watched that this afternoon. Um, and in terms of the preview podcast for the weekend coming up, as we usually do, we'll be diving in in a few minutes' time into a, a little bit of a fun fact or a history fact of the track at Monza in Italy, just outside of Milan. Um, we'll be summing up some around the paddock news in terms of what's happened both off track and on track over the last week or so, or since we were last together. And then I'll just give some update and thoughts on what happened in FP1 and FP2 this afternoon. And then obviously the usual, the best bits, um, looking ahead into Saturday and Sunday, some predictions from myself, a wild card event prediction. And then lastly, obviously our tasty Sunday treat. Um, as many of you may remember, if we did tune in last weekend, we did a lovely caprese pizza bread homemade dough, which was delicious. This weekend, something a little bit different coming, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, to kick things off, um, after the Dutch Grand Prix race chaos, um, we're now into Italy, as we said, and we're at Monza, uh, the Temple of Speed, Ferrari's home race, you could say, although it is some other teams' home races as well, but... This is where the Tifosi come in. Um, so speaking of Monza, the track, the fact of the track, something interesting I partly knew and partly didn't know as well. Monza does not only just host motorsport and motor racing in general, but it also hosts other racing as well. Um, they have the 12-hour Monza Cycling Marathon, which is raced around the track, as well as the Monza 21, which is the Monza Half Marathon, which is done every year. Um so yeah and surprisingly in 2017 the track was used as the basis for Kipchoge's breaking two attempt back in 2017 so marathon runner Kipchoge was trying to run a sub two hour marathon and break the world record um and he did that at Monza in 2017 or attempted to do that in 2017 rather um he actually did the full marathon in two hours and 25 seconds but the world record wasn't counted as he was using paces. As we now know, he two years later in 2019, he did manage to break that sub-two-hour barrier for a marathon distance run um, in Vienna, quite interestingly enough. And, yeah. I guess moving away from marathon running and back onto the track and around the paddock, since coming off of last weekend, we obviously knew that Daniel Ricciardo had that crash we tried to avoid Oscar Piastri broke a metatarsal, metatarsal in his hand um, I do know he went off we've seen he went off for successful surgery in Barcelona um, and we've heard Christian Horner say in the media that they are optimistically hoping for him to be back for Singapore which is the next Grand Prix I think in two weeks time um, so that's a three week turnaround recovery that to me does seem a little bit optimistic but in terms of off-track paddock news at the moment, on the back of that, we now know that Liam Lawson has been confirmed for this race, or at least at Monza, and we would assume 
any others until Daniel Ricciardo is back and ready to be in the seat. So first time for Liam Lawson to have his first full F1 race weekend as last week was kind of thrown in the deep end on Saturday in shocking conditions, had to qualify and then do a race in uncertain conditions throughout the entire race on Sunday. So it'll be good for Liam to have sort of a full race weekend to get some practice in. Um, and yeah, I guess moving away then from AlphaTauri and looking a bit further up the grid, um, we spoke in the last podcast and in the first episode of the series about potential driver lineups for 2024, how many driver seats were left. We've heard in the week now that both Lewis Hamilton and George Russell signed contact, contract extensions with Mercedes. That's not just for 2024, but for 2025 as well. So Mercedes looking to lock those guys in for the next two years. Um, and sort of what that means for the rest of the grid and in terms of open race seats, we've now got 16 out of 20 drivers confirmed for next year. So in terms of the seats that are left and possible changes coming up in the next couple of weeks and moving towards the end of the season is we've got Joe's Alpha seats that currently isn't confirmed for next year. In the Williams, we've got Logan Sargent, and then obviously both Alpha Tauri seats are still not confirmed for next year as well. So, yeah, looking for any formal places to be finalized, not that many to go. And then I guess last little talking point going into Monza weekend from off-the-track stuff, I guess, would be Ferrari, <laughs> as always. Hopefully this weekend in the positive light, but starting off as it always does in Monza, the home of the Tifosi, home race for Ferrari. If there was ever a race to not mess it up and just do one for the fans, it's Monza. Um, and Ferrari, as they do, they've come up with a special livery this week um, to include the yellow from the Scuderia logo. Um, last year went quite bold with the yellow, but this year it's a little bit more subtle. Also onto their race suits as well. But interestingly enough, the back of that Ferrari over the fuel cell of the back could potentially look like a Belgian or a German flag so flag with the yellow f thrown in there. Um, so that's kind of the first thing that I saw when I looked at that, seeing it look like a Belgian flag. And then another interesting, I think, amazing livery this week was Alfa Romero as well, considering also home Italian race. They've thrown in some Italian flair to their classic red and black livery and got a nice Italian flag kind of designed with the bright green going through the back as well, which looks really, really, really good. And I guess all of this week leading up to that kind of now takes us into a bit more of the on-the-track action and kind of what we can expect for the weekend ahead. Um, second time now, similarly to as we did earlier in the season, I think it was at Budapest, which was also again in different conditions, a little bit of rain. We've got alternate tyre allocation this weekend. So for any of you that is the first time you're hearing about this, alternate tyre allocation just means it's a part of F1 and the FIA's kind of global sustainability and net zero for 2030 approaches. It's to reduce the number of tyres being used, sent back to Pirelli to be broken down, recycled, just to kind of reduce Formula 1's footprint. So what that kind of means for the drivers and for us as fans is, for drivers, I guess, they've got two less sets of tires so it goes from having 13 different sets down to 11 um in terms of what that is the impact for us as viewing in terms of qualifying similarly as we did in budapest qualifying will change so ever so slightly so q1 all the drivers will be required to do their laps on a hard tire 
If you make it out of Q1 and get into Q2, Q2 will be solely run on the medium tire. And then in Q3, all the top 10 will have to run it on a soft tire. So that kind of just removes any strategy in terms of tire decision in terms of what they're running and qualifying. Um, and it's also just to manage the number of tires that each team gets and uses up throughout the race weekend. Um, I guess last thing to touch on is we spoke about Max Verstappen last week, ninth win in a row matching Sebastian Vettel's record. Comes into Monza this weekend with the opportunity to break that record with a 10th consecutive win and to be the record holder on his own. I very much do expect him to do it. He came out on the media saying he's not too worried about records, but we know the competitor that he is and the amount of competitiveness that comes out in him and he just wants to win everything, that he will want to do this and I have no doubt that he will. As much as it pains me to say what he has done is incredible, to to get 10 wins in F1, let alone 10 consecutively, is just outrageous. And I feel the only thing that could potentially stop him has been spoken about on socials and also across the paddock and on Sky as well is this so-called Monza curse. And that's all I can potentially hope for to stop Max Verstappen winning this year. What that Monza curse is, is generally the driver who won the race the year before in the year following at Monza ends up crashing out as for the last three years. So four years ago, Charles Leclerc won with Ferrari following year crashed out DNF. Gasly won that year. The next year he came back to Monza, crashed. And then we had Daniel Ricciardo win at Monza as well. And then last year, crashed out. So with Max Verstappen winning the race last year, who knows? Monza curse could kick into effect. And I feel like that's potentially the only way Max Verstappen is not going to get Sebastian Rekord, Vettel's record and taken away from him. And moving on, to a quick review of FP1 and FP2, I guess. Nothing too major to bring to you. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this alternate tire allocation, from what we've seen in Budapest and now obviously in Monza as well, what it kind of leans to is FP1 is having a bit of a null and void at the moment and teams seem to just kind of sacrifice the session to save tires for the rest of the weekend. So... Most teams went out on one hard compound and just did some long running. Nothing too major to kind of report. If anything, the biggest moments, both Alfa Romeo's seemed to have electronic issues coming out of the pits and took them a little while to get going. Um, Williams didn't even come out, I think, until about half an hour to go again, speaking to the fact of them compromising FP1 and trying to save tyres. And then just finished now, um, FP2... Um, we have teams coming out with a little bit more of each of the compounds, so trying all three compounds, the hard, the medium, and the soft. There are some quality runs thrown in there as well. Um, a little bit more excitement in FP2. There were two red flags in the session. First coming from Lance Stroll, which looked initially like a hydraulic issue, and you just pulled off on the side of the track. Then later heard from the team it was a fuel system issue. Um, not too sure there, just kind of pulled over to the side and... Lance's, I would say, if it was any other driver, would be under a lot of pressure with how Lance is performing and how badly Lance has been doing in the last few races. But not the best start for Monza for him, especially considering he didn't run in FP1. Um, and, yeah, in FP2, kind of 
did a lap or two and then had to get it back to the pits. Um, we had a second red flag later on, which was Checo Perez on going into the last corner. Just seemed like he ran completely wide, understeered, touched the gravel and went off. Very similarly to Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc did a couple of years ago. Um, very high speed corner. So that red ball was flying through the gravel. Definitely some underfloor damage on there. Um, he also kind of hit the rear wing into the tire wall as well. The contact didn't seem too big, but I would assume that there's some sort of damage to that car that they'll need to fix before tomorrow. I'm sure you will be all right for qualifying. But another driver who's under massive, massive pressure, and we'll, we'll get into my predictions later. Chico Perez was on my prediction list this week to be right up there with Max. But after that, and the confidence knock, and yeah, it just doesn't look good for Chico Perez. Um, and I guess final touching point to just kind of wrap up FP2, which looking ahead into Saturday qualifying which we saw a lot of, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more of tomorrow, is just the absolute chaos and traffic going into the final corner and drivers complaining, all trying to get enough space going into the last corner to kind of break the toe into the last corner, but then still have the toe for the car in front going into qualifying. So towards the end, when people were doing their quality laps, or quality sims rather, there were just so many cars going into that final sector they were blocking and in the way. And I feel like the stewards in the FIA are going to have their hands full tomorrow in qualifying. Um, and wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of sort of impeding or blocking penalties that do come in and affect not qualifying per se, but come out of qualifying and affect the starting grid on Sunday. So, as we now will normally always do at the end of the podcast, we'll join you back shortly and we'll look ahead into Saturday and Sunday for qualifying and for the race weekend ahead and we'll dive into some predictions and the Sunday treat. And welcome back everybody. Um, thank you for sticking with us and We've reached that section of the weekly review podcast where we get into thoughts looking into Saturday and Sunday, uh, some Liam predictions, wildcard event predictions, and just a little bit of an introduction to the Sunday treat, something to look ahead to fuel you for Sunday. So as we know, Monza is very short track, I think 11 corners, cars are running super low downforce, I think 82. 1 or 82% of the track has taken full throttle. We will expect the quicker cars in a straight line to do super well here. Um, however, if we're going into the predictions, pole position pains me to say it. I have to do it and just say Max Verstappen. I feel like, one, his ability, two, him just eating up the pressure of getting that 10th win in a row, and... We know how good that Red Bull is, not only in the corners, but in the straight line as well. And I feel like down the main start-finish straight with their overpowered DRS, I can't see anyone else but Max being in pole position coming out of qualifying. I do think it'll be a close with a few others trading closely behind, but I do think Max will be in pole. Looking into third place for Sunday's race, um, I'm going to take the bold call, stand up and put my Ferrari 
hit on the chopping block here and say color science P3. I just feel like it has to come right. Carlos has had a good couple of races. It's looked good in practice. It's at Monza. It's for Ferrari. One can only hope. So let's hope we can get Carlos on the podium on Sunday for the Ferrari, for the Tifosi fans. That brings us to second place for Sunday's race. Initially, as I mentioned earlier, I had Checo Perez here because I just thought that that Red Bull will be too quick for anybody else. But... I have changed that based on the last five minutes of practice and how surprisingly quick some other teams looked in practice as well. So I'm going to go for Lando Norris, P2. I think with that McLaren has shown its pace on slower tracks, the quicker tracks, and it's just looking better and better every week. And as we know, Lando is definitely a future world champion. So I'm going Lando for P2. Um... I do think Checo will challenge near the top, but I just feel like with him going off into the gravel, potential damage to that car, his qualifying may get a little bit stinted and he may not be as high up as he would like to maybe be challenging for second, especially with potential pace of the Ferraris, McLarens, maybe even the Mercedes around them as well. So that'll be Lando P2 for me. And then first winner of the Monza Grand Prix. It's going to kill me to say it, but... Max Verstappen. Unfortunately, I think, like I mentioned, it just will be too too quick for everyone. That DRS, he'll pull away. Red Bull are so on it with strategy in terms of if anything happens. We don't expect anything in terms of inclement weather or anything like that to come in. But I do picture Max being on pole, pulling away and breezing to another easy 10 to 15 second win, as he tends to do recently. So in summary, Max pole... Max to win the race, Landon Norris second, and Carlos signs P3 for Ferrari at Monza. Um, on to a little bit more of a fun wildcard pick for the week. So I know last week we did a on the track and an off the track wildcard pick. This week I'm just going to go for an on the track, a race wildcard pick. It's got a little bit to do with the Carlos signs pick, but I'm going to go for a Ferrari so no specific one or the other, will be on the podium in front of the Tifosi. It's been a long time. We hope as Ferrari friends every week for this, and it, it just has to happen at some point. There has to be a Ferrari on the podium at some point in, before the end of the season, and why not at Monza? Um, so that's the wildcard pick for the weekend to hopefully get a Ferrari on the podium. Um, they could stop Max Verstappen from getting that 10th consecutive victory in the process we'll take that as a bonus um so with predictions done as we end off before we say goodbye and take a rest before the rest of the weekend um the sunday fueling for sunday lights our tasty treat so this weekend we'll be making what is known as i think pretend to be corrected a danish dream cake so with vanilla and caramelized coconut um I'm usually not a fan of coconut, however, where the inspiration came from this was in London on the weekend. Last weekend, we went to a really, really lovely coffee shop and bakery. And one of their specialties of the day was this Victorian sponge-looking cake with what looked like kind of salted caramel on top and ended up being caramelized coconut, which is not my favorite. Had a taste of it and it was absolutely delicious. Um, and social and Instagram algorithms 
being as they are, um, this popped up on our reels as we got home about a day later. So we've had a look at it, found the recipe, and we're going to make so a Danish dream cake on Sunday. So vanilla and caramelized coconut. So as previously, look out on the socials for that. There will be a picture and some pre and post pictures of the cake posted up with the recipe so that you can have a look, follow along, give the recipe a go yourself if you enjoy. So yeah, that's basically in summary, a little preview of the weekend ahead. Very much looking forward to qualifying tomorrow. Should be lots of fun, a little bit of chaos. We expect in Q1, although everyone on the hard tires, we do expect a lot of traffic and as you mentioned, some potential impeding penalties and blocking going on. So yeah, as always, thank you so much for joining. And as ever, if feel free to get in touch on our email, thecouchstrategist at gmail.com or on any of our socials on Twitter or X or Instagram. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the weekend ahead. So we'll be in touch after the weekend for a race review weekend of the Monza Grand Prix. So for now, enjoy qualifying, enjoy the race on Sunday, and we'll chat to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.